was like, if you've ever wanted a chance to buy British, now is the chance. And the other thing is, is for the rest of the world, now is their chance too. So if the pound is cheaper, then that should also mean more people are holidaying in Britain from overseas because it's cheaper, spending their money in the domestic economy, stimulating activity, growth, jobs. This is really what the government wanted. Now, this does come obviously on a backdrop of... Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the mega trends and opportunities reshaping our world. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Exponential Investor Podcast. I'm your editor, Sam Volkering, here finally again with my co-editor, Shay Russell. Shay, we it's it's nice for us to both be on screen together. I, I think our readers have it's been a little while since we've actually both spoken together at once. And had a conversation. Absolutely. And it's nice for us to both be in our actual homes making these recordings. Uh, I've made a lot of recordings on the fly in loca- uh, on location lately, which is always good fun, uh, albeit a little challenging. Uh, and it is always nice to have somebody to bounce off to stop you waffling on for 15 minutes <laughs> on your own. So, Sam, great to be back. <laughs> So I can see you. I see. I can see you saw last week's podcast. There. <laughs> um, anyway, referring to my own um, prior to that one. <laughs> I think we're as bad as each other. Anyway, uh, right. So it's it's kind of hard to not talk about literally probably the biggest thing in global financial circles at the moment. And it's about the crashing pound and uh, the issues and fiscal and monetary policies that are being employed here in the UK at the moment. I know it's, I know it's hit Australian shores because I always get... WhatsApp and signal messages from mates back home going, what's going on? What's going on over there? It's, it's, it's cheap. I'm going to come over for a holiday. It's cheap for me now. <laughs> like, ah, ha, ha, it's good. Anyway, so I I wrote about this earlier this week, that a, a, a fluctuating currency, a floating currency is not necessarily a bad thing. It's actually what currency, floating rate currencies are supposed to do. But anyway, I don't want to dig in too much into the technical details of how a floating currency works. I am by no means a currency expert, as I'm sure you aren't either, but we we know a thing or two about it, enough to uh, understand what's going on. But anyway, I don't want to dig too deep into that, but I do want to ask you, from your perspective, what what have you been seeing? You mentioned something just before we came on on camera, which I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about, and I think our readers are too. Yes. So I like to watch a couple of pockets of the social media. I sound like my mum when I say that. Uh, and that The social media. That social it's, like, it's like when someone goes, the interwebs. The interwebs, yes. Uh, that's how uh, down, down with it I am today with what the kids say. So cringe, apparently. Um, so look, I love to watch what's happening on Twitter because you get the, you very much get the middle-aged 40-plus view of what's going on in the fin markets with the fin tweets. But I also love to keep my eye on the fin, uh, fin fluences and the Fin TikTok fluences. I'm not sure what we're calling them yet, but they're absolutely speaking to a much younger demographic. <laughs> I've got, I've, I've got a phrase, but I'm not sure I can, I can say it. Say on it, this. and we'll beep it out if, the, if it's, if it's the Fin Talk fluences. You could abbreviate that a little bit more to call them the. I'll just leave it at that. I'll let people make <laughs> up. Can we drop the T and the I in that word there. 
<laughs> um, anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, but no, I like to t- see them because at the end of the day, this is a younger generation of investors who are coming up through the ranks. And unlike uh, you and I and even the generation before that, they have access to an abundance of free information. Uh, but not all of it's good. And one of the things, there is this great um, young woman who I follow who's really good at breaking down complex subjects into simple phrases and she can convey what's going on in 60 seconds. I actually follow her. I think she's amazing. Um, And then there was this guy, maybe our age, who came out today on the TikTok uh, and he was saying how when you get a really strong currency, that's bad for the economy. When you get a really weak currency, that's bad for the economy. But he didn't offer any solutions. He just said, oh, this is all bad. Now, there's upsides and downsides to strong and weak currencies. But basically what he did was, you know what? It felt like saying something for clicks. It wasn't useful. It wasn't actionable. (laughs) If you were a young investor looking for information, you walked away none the wiser. And it's that kind of information out there that I really frustrates me. Because what's the guy's going to get a like Mm. and a scroll or a drop a comment for love? I, I actually don't know how it works, as you can clearly tell. Um, but that, that, there's nothing actionable in that information that, that, that person's received. Yeah. I find it very interesting that, um, people instantly go to the negative. So when we see, uh, the fall in, in the British pound, for instance, against the U S dollar. So it's not necessarily just about a fall in the value of the pound. It's also about a stronger U S dollar. So that's also got to be sort of factored into the equation here as well. But I think people are so used to equating good with number go up that they forget that currencies are actually supposed to fluctuate. So that when it goes down, uh, the, the instant reaction is, oh my God, this is horrible. This is terrible. That trip to America that I've been planning forever that I was never going to actually take is now going to be so much more expensive. <laughs> Um, th- those, those are the headlines that you see. It's like, oh, if you were planning to travel to America, it's going to be 20% or 30% more expensive now. It's like most people would never go into America. Most people never travel outside of their own country. I know that's hard to believe, but most people don't actually travel internationally. Um, so that, you know, th- these are these sort of self prophesizing headlines that drive fear into, into the consumer. And everybody thinks, now there's like you can't help but but everyone's talking about it. I I know people in in so many different regions of, of industry, and and everyone's like, oh, you've seen the pound crashing? It's like, yeah, I have. It's fine. Like it, it it'll be okay. That's what floating rates are supposed to do. So everyone's a currency expert, just like they were a scientific expert, just like they were a war expert, just like they were a crypto and expert, just like they're a crypto expert. Anyway. There, there are some issues with it, and, and don't get me wrong, but my, my belief is that as this is exactly how floating rate currencies are supposed to work, um, that it should, if, 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 this is, if the theory proves to be true, is that this should stimulate domestic product, uh, productivity and activity. So for a very long time, people have been like, well, you know, we need to support local industry. We need to buy British. It was like, if you've ever wanted a chance to buy British, now is the chance. And the other thing is, is for the rest of the world, now is their chance too. So if the pound is cheaper, then that should also mean more people are holidaying in Britain from overseas because it's cheaper, spending their money in the domestic uh, economy, stimulating activity, growth, jobs. 
this is really what the government wanted. Now, this does come obviously on a backdrop of high inflation, which is not something that we, you know, greatly shocked by because this has been coming for some time. And it's going to mean that rates are going to go up. And I, do you know what? I saw the funniest headline today. I've got to bring this up. This actually made me laugh out loud. So I'm in here in my office on my own. So, you know, when you're on your own watching a movie or anything, you see something funny, it's pretty rare that you laugh out loud. Um, this actually made me laugh out loud. I, I, I can't find it. Anyway, I can't find it. Um, it was The Independent and it said, the Bank of England's credibility is at stake. They must act decisively and strong now. So it made me laugh because their credibility was out the window about two years ago. Mm. Um, rates are absolutely going to go higher. And we've been saying this to our readers for a very long time. But what I would like to know, and this is this does lead me to a question. Oh, interesting. Is that when... The pound gets cheaper. That's good for British companies that are selling goods overseas that should increase uh, exports. Uh, While it does make imports cheaper, that does provide incentive to buy domestically and produce and and create domestically as well. With rates going up, obviously, then borrowing does become more expensive and credit and debt becomes more expensive. What's the sort of knock-on effect then? For the commodities market. This is a commodities market, and this is what I've been toying around in my mind for a while, because I've got a couple of ideas, right, about now has never probably been a better time to be playing the commodities market. Uh, you know, there are some wild prices. You know, remember, remember when nickel was like up like some 500% or something, and then gas, the gas prices skyrocketed. I'm like, well, there's there's shorting opportunities, but there's also some investment growth opportunities in, you know, some of the metals used for the, the world that we're building. Does does have have these have these currency fluctuations and the, the threat of increased rates in the UK has that moved the needle on the commodities market? Considering that London is one of the big commodities trading arenas. Uh, look, yes and no. And look, one of the things, one of the reasons why I think commodities is a bit knocked down at the moment. I think there's two reasons. First of all, the insanely strong US dollar is actively pushing commodity prices down because commodity prices. Commodities are mostly priced in US dollars and there is this general, very general inverse relationship with the US dollar. The stronger the US dollar gets, the more likely that commodity commodities get a little bit cheaper. The weaker the US dollar gets, the more likely that you um, commodities go up. And as I said, look, it's a general correlation, but we'll stick with it for simplicity. Um, in addition to that, stocks are absolutely getting kicked around right now. Like, um Every time I look at them, nobody wants to put their money in commodity stocks. And I can't help but wonder if, you know, everyone's trying to catch a falling knife. There's this assumption that, well, if my currency's weakening, like the Aussie dollar is not faring particularly well either, just worth pointing Mm. out. Uh, The pound Aussie exchange rate's actually fantastic, favours the Aussie. Mm. Um, But with them getting kicked down uh, so much lower, I think there is this fear of putting money into commodity-related stocks because it's like, well, how much more will I lose with this additional currency exposure via commodity stocks um, or via commodities? Um, so that's happening. The upside or the downside, obviously, is for the pound being weaker is, you know, you don't dig anything out of the ground there. So it does mean importing the commodities that you need for your manufacturing sector is going to increase because of the weak currency, uh, the weak pound to the US dollar. But I'm in general seeing most people being reluctant to play in the commodities market, even though they are relatively cheap compared to the strength of the US dollar and also the falling pound. But I'm very interested in your view on this. 
Well, I, 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 I want to. I want to ask you another question before I answer anything that you want to ask me. <laughs> Sorry, we're um, people. I want to. I want to know what your view is on on the behavior of a consumer. Does it? Do people in general will will cost Trump ideals every day of the week? See, I'm of the view that when it, if things are too expensive, then no, things need to be cheap, basically. <laughs> so consumers want everything to be cheap, right? Which is fair enough. And that when things become too expensive, uh, obviously the consumer can't afford them and can't buy them. But in order to make them cheaper, they will sacrifice ideals in order to save money in the hip pocket. Do you, do you get where I'm coming from? Cost trumps so ideals every day of the week, in my view. What are your thoughts on that? I... Do you know, I am a voracious consumer. There is no other way to put it. I basically <laughs> shopped my way through a pandemic. Um, and I'm also a huge fan of you are a consumer first and an investor second. Mm. I feel like I'm a subject matter expert when it comes to consumer behavior. Funnily enough today, so the Aussie dollar is at 65, US, um, 65 cents to one US dollar. And uh, there's a couple of things I want to buy from the States. Mm. And instantly I thought I should buy them today in case the currency falls lower and therefore mm. my costs will increase. Mm. I'm not the only person thinking that. Anybody else looking at the pound who does, um, well, there's, you know, the other thing too is um, I'm about to spend a buttload of money on my four-wheel drive and there is the currency premium that I've got to factor in. These are all things that I'm going to be importing from South Africa. I'm going to be importing them from um, the US as well. So I'm going to bring forward a you know, a multi-thousand dollar purchase because I'm now scared that my currency is going to fall further and it will be more expensive down the line. Mm. I think even though inflation is going up and the pound is getting weaker, and these are things that actually should crimp consumption, I don't think it's going to do it in the short term. Mm. I think people will bring forward purchases now simply because now it's cheaper in their mind. Now, whether it's true or not, we're not going to know until it plays out. But I think the fear of something increasing is enough for people to bring forward uh, a purchase of it now, which is really that self-fulfilling prophecy of inflation and of weak currencies that people bring forward consumption. And I completely agree with you that people will sacrifice their morals or their ethics or are their ideals when it comes to purchases that they believe they need? Do I need this four drive stuff? Absolutely not. Do I need my fake eyelashes? Absolutely not. But I will sacrifice my ideals on what my budget was and bring forward these purchases now versus the risk of having to pay too much for them later on. Yeah, it's a, it's a good now, point. Go I, I, it, it made me <laughs> laugh because I was like, I literally bought a pair of Nikes for my birthday. Uh, and on the tag on the inside, it's made in China. It's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> they, they look nice and they're really comfortable. So whatever. And look, I think it's the same when it comes to something like energy, right? Um, I think people will sacrifice their ideals to have cheaper energy as well. So people don't care. Um, I think on the balance, people won't care if it's, if it's coal generated, um, if it's oil I and gas. I completely agree with you. I think. As a society, there, there's my daughter's trying to get garlic bread out of the oven right now. Please forgive the background noise. Um, I, I completely agree. 
Oh, look at school holidays here. It's all a bit loose. Uh, the, the rules don't apply for 14 days, basically. Um, I agree. I think people will sacrifice their ideals. You've got um, a cold winter supposedly coming for the UK. Yeah, um, hey, I'm in a hoodie already. I, should you be in a hoodie at this time of year? I don't know how September, it works. September, eh, probably not. No, no. But you've got a cold winter coming your way. You've got elevated energy prices. You've got a government uh, government stimulus or support withdrawing in a couple of days. Um, I think that people will absolutely sacrifice their ideals, not to necessarily even maintain a standard of living, but just to make sure that their basic needs are met. That leads me to something I actually like to uh, to ask people that are watching today. I would like encourage you to write into us and and let us know if if you could knock 50% off your energy bill this year but in order to do that the bulk of that energy has to come from coal-fired energy would you do it would you be happy with a 50% reduction in your energy bill knowing that it came from coal-fired uh, energy plants I argue that most people would say you know what yeah, if it's going to save me 1500 bucks or 1500 quid. You can tell I've just been in Australia. I saved bucks. 1500 quid of my energy bill. Uh, then, yeah, then, you know, it's going to come from supposedly dirty energy. Then so so be it. Um, as long as the balance, overall balance, is, isn't too bad. Anyway, side, side, side story, I suppose, a little bit there. But I, I think a lot of people should realize that the the pound falling is not a bad thing. That's how there's a natural mechanism of a floating rate currency in, you know, when there is period of high inflation, rates going up, uh, stimulus to effectively help grow the economy, tax cuts, all those sorts of things. Should also be pointed out that the tax cuts to 40%, I think that the tax, the highest ban tax rate in the UK in the last Labour government was around 40% as well. And anyway, just pointing that out. Um, I'm sure someone will tell me I'm wrong, but whatever. Um, so the point is, is that the, the, here's here's one more thing. I want to le- leave with leave with this, and and I want to I want to get your view on this as well. Is mm-hmm. that globally now? Uh, the IMF has come out this week. Um, the, the 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 pundits from America, a lot of lot of angles of the of the global economy are saying what the UK is putting in place right now is wrong. They are doing the wrong thing. They are gambling with the economy. They have bucked the conventional wisdom of the global financial system, which is true. However, I probably would argue that the conventional wisdom of the IMF and everybody else, the BIS and the WF and all the other acronyms, plus other countries around the world, has failed dismally for a decade and a half. So perhaps, just maybe, the UK is actually doing the right things and the rest of the world needs to change their tack. And I suspect that they will, as this proves longer term, to be a smarter progress for the economy to come out of the depths of free cheap easy money uh and 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 currencies that were inflating themselves into oblivion thoughts um oh look i've half had this conversation with people and never really got to a neat resolution 
The problem with what uh, the Tories, have I got that right? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. I'm just, just checking my, my, my UK, I'm, you know, getting better on my UK politics. I know, it's, it's always uh, confusing. Okay, thanks. Um, part of what they've proposed is really difficult when you've got a, a central bank that's tightening. They're basically mm. like two opposing fortnets, um, opposing ends of a magnet. Yeah. Uh, it's one's trying to rein in the economy and the other one's trying to encourage spending. Um, I understand that it does go against conventional wisdom. I see it as an absolute attempt, a desperate attempt. Um to stop, to keep people fed and to keep people employed. Um, I think they think that's what it's going to do uh, because at the end of the day, an aggravated population is a population that creates a disturbance. So if, even if this doesn't work, it looks like they're doing something. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure that this is actually the answer, but the problem here is I don't think any major government or any major central bank has the answer. And this is simply because we let, we might be going against conventional wisdom, but we're coming out of unconventional monetary policy tactics. So we don't really know what we're doing and what's going to work. Uh, other countries may actually follow the UK's playbook before there is an answer, or even if it blows up, because we all know politicians are stupid and they're like, oh, well, it didn't work for them, but it'll absolutely work for us. Um, so my summary of that is I started to waffle to find where I was going, uh, is that it's the illusion of doing something, but whether it's effective, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Well, no one really knew if the unconventional, which is now conventional monetary policies of central <laughs> banks over the last decade was going to work either, um, which was a massive gamble. And it's really proven to not have worked because we are in this situation because of that, is that you know, inflation was always going to get out of hand and rates would always have to go up in order to combat that inflation because it's really the, the, the primary primary function of the central bank to keep inflation under control is to raise rates uh, in that situation. And so, and when, this is why, this is why in, in earlier this year, in May, earlier this year, we were, you know, I wrote about this. I said, you know, the, the, the bank rate needs to be at about 5 to 6%. Uh, I said 6% specifically in order to help curb the inflationary pressures that we are going to face. That's exactly what's what's happening. And and then I asked the question, you know, can you afford your mortgage if you need to remortgage? And the the retail rate is closer to 8%, um, which is absolutely the direction that, that I believe this is going to head. So, you know, if that's the case, that's it's not it's not a good thing because it and, and we would probably need to keep an eye on things like foreclosures and things like that, because it's probably going to ensue with a property. I don't know if it'd be a property crash, but I can I can quite easily see property values, you mm. know, peeling 20, 30 percent off. But that really just returns us to around sort of pre-pandemic levels anyway. Yeah. So this is really kind of more <laughs> I hate the term because it's been it's kind of been adopted by the conspiracy theorists, but it is kind of a reset of of all the the garbage that's gone on over the last couple of years. Um, which for some reason people have forgotten all the the, the the horrible policy put in place by governments and central banks during the pandemic, which led us to this situation to start with and then the preceding decade before that. So, you know, don't go, oh, this is the Bank of England's chance to gain credibility. Oh, this is, you know, the government's doing a shoddy job 
<laughs> you know, almost shoddy job. Um, you know, oh, what the IMF is doing is so correct. Oh, oh, the the Fed. Oh, they know what they're doing. Oh, Jerome Powell, he's my hero now. No, 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 no. None of them are. They have all put us in this position, in this situation, and it was very easily forecast and seen as to this is how it was going to go. That said, again, I don't think it's all bad news. If anything, I think this is actually quite a a positive outcome for the UK because they are bucking the trend somewhat in this situation and still expect rates to go up higher, faster, and that's going to hurt the hip pocket. I expect energy prices will actually start to come off a little bit and and the impact of things like unbanning fracking and more investment and opening up North Sea oil will be beneficial towards UK energy, including nuclear plants coming online. You'll also note that Germany is reversing their position on their nuclear plants and they are going to be extending those longer. Japan is also extending its nuclear position as well. And China is obviously just ramping up nuclear production. So we're going to have a, a very balanced energy future as well with those in play. So there's a lot of things happening that are that are good, that are positive, that are looking forward. And you know, I think it's very much a case of the world is going to be buying British because it's cheaper. And that's not such a bad thing um, if it plays out the way it should. But anyway... That's us. We've gone on way too long today. Would you like to finish up with any closing remarks from today's podcast? Ah, I actually think a weak pound is a boon for the British uh, manufacturing sector. As you said it before, buying British, it like, do you know what? Um, a booming manufacturing sector employs people. So I actually think there's some great, or anything that is locally made in Britain right now, I'd be looking at how you can invest in. Is it, What's the investable angle in yeah, there? And, 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 um, because the cheaper that currency gets, the more, the cheaper it is for overseas buyers. Yeah. And, and look, the, the pound's not going to crash to like, it's not going to go to zero. You know, people, it's not, it's not, no, it's not what the Bitcoin, it's, it's not what the, um, it's not what the Bitcoin critics say. It's not going to zero. Um, and I also saw another article today that uh, Jaguar Land Rover was training up 29,000 people uh, for um, electric vehicle um, production and things like that. So there's, yeah. there, I think, there, I think we're going to see a bit more come to life in the manufacturing sector as well, as you rightly say. Anyway, we've gone on much, much longer than usual. This is what happens when we, 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 we are, we're apart for so long, Shane, and we come together and we just... It's, we've got too much to say. We've both got opinions. I know. God damn it. <laughs> How dare we? Anyway, thank you all for watching uh, for the last 25 minutes. We'll be back with you again next week. Probably shorter. Probably shorter. Uh, episode of Exponential we'll Investor Podcast. No <laughs> Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.